Redeemer Church is no stranger to meeting venue issues. Those of you who've been members since our launch 10 years ago know this all too well. We started our church in Dearest City Center, but 18 months in, due to a construction project, we were asked to leave with only two weeks' notice. Years of meeting at the Marriott went well until we were told nine days ahead of time that we needed to move out of the bigger ballroom into one much too small for us. Then two years back, we were told all churches would have to move out of hotels. We were scrambling to figure out what to do when the authorities graciously gave us official permission to meet publicly in hotels. It was amazing. However, on the last day of April 2019, we were given one more set of news. Pastor Scott and I were literally getting into the car to go check on a few hotels to see if there might be a better fit than the Marriott. And as we were getting into the car, we received a call telling us that the Marriott was closing down for good in 12 days. Let's just say we took off in that car in desperation and really, really looked for a new venue that day. And then now we have no place to meet in person, another venue problem. But this time we share our venue issue with the rest of the world. We all have a venue problem. There are thousands of churches meeting the way we are today. It's a worldwide venue issue. Well, venue issues have affected our church. This is difficult. These are challenging days ahead for us corporately, but also for us individually. Many of you are going through trials, struggling financially. Your job might be at stake. Perhaps you were given forced unpaid leave and you don't know how to pay your bills. One couple I talked to was trying to get back to the Philippines and the night they were leaving, Manila went on lockdown. Trip canceled. Some separated from sick family members. Others of us have our normal chronic pain or depression. Those don't go away when new trials come. Others have anxiety. And to you children at home, we love you. But being home away from all your friends and teachers is a little more difficult than normal, isn't it? Sports activities canceled, banquets delayed. Teenagers, those of you about to graduate, you might be wondering about your special celebrations. There's confusion. You've never dealt with anything like this. We've never dealt with anything like this. Homeschooled children, what people don't realize is all your out-of-home activities have been canceled too. You were counting on those. We're all in the same place, lots of change and struggle. Well, in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, what things are causing you anxiety? In these times of trials and uncertainty, where do you go? When you feel like there's no hope, who do you turn to? How do you find peace in troubled times? Well, the answer is in our Psalm, Psalm 46. In the psalm, the psalmist goes back and forth with various thoughts. So we won't necessarily go in verse order, but let me just give you the main point up in the beginning so you know where we're headed. Trouble will come, so be still and know that he is God. Trouble will come, so be still and know that he is God. Trials and uncertain moments will come our way. In fact, they have come. In some way, all of us find ourselves in a time of trouble. In verse 2, the psalmist says, times will come when the earth gives way. Even the mountains, which seem to be the most solid thing of all, that which provides the most security, prove to be nothing. I love road trips, and the drive to Fujairah is one of my favorites because you get to drive through the beautiful Rocky Mountains. They look sturdy. They look strong. It's a beautiful change of pace to Dubai's flat terrain. The psalmist is telling us that the two things that seem most immutable, most impregnable, give way. The earth, the mountains. No, nothing on this earth 
can provide security. Many of you have asked me over the years if we'll ever get a permanent church building. Now, we'd love that if God were to provide it, but it's interesting. Even those churches that have a building aren't allowed to meet in them today. Even those things we think are going to provide ultimate security for us are not our hope. The psalmist says our stability does not come from the physical world around us, including that of politics. Verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Now, to totter means to wobble, to be shaken. The mountains are in our stability. Our politics are in our stability. A natural disaster will hurt us, but man-made disasters will cripple us as well. Wars will continue. For all our science and technology, we can send rockets to the moon. We could broadcast a church service into our living rooms over the internet, but we can't change the weather or protect ourselves from every virus. No one would have predicted a lockdown in 2020 due to something called COVID-19. None of us even heard of this in 2019. Well, the psalmist's point, we're helpless. The psalmist is not trying to escape reality here. He's not hiding the truth. Yes, the mountains are trembling. Yes, it feels like the earth is giving way. Yes, the nations are raging. Oh, Redeemer Church, trouble will come. Trouble has come. How do we respond? Trouble will come, so be still and know that he is God. There's only one place to go in times like this, and at every time it's to God. He will protect us. The psalmist starts off the psalm with this truth. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Regardless of what might be happening around us, we have God's protective presence. Now, we don't know the precise historical setting of this psalm. Some theologians say the episode in verse 6 fits well with the experience of Jerusalem during the invasion of their enemy Sennacherib in 701 BC. It's the time of Micah and Isaiah when a huge army destroyed Judah and besieged Jerusalem. The enemy king taunted Hezekiah and said, look, look at what's happened. Our God is better than your God. Just take a look at the evidence. Take my advice, Israel, surrender while you still have the chance. But the prophet Isaiah went to Hezekiah and said, don't listen to those lies. Trust God. And they did. And you know what God did? 185,000 Assyrians were destroyed in one night. Now, God can deliver his people with his very word in an instant. Now, I love verse 6. It's my favorite verse in the psalm. I read the first part earlier, but not the whole thing. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The same God that commands creation with his voice comes to the aid of his people with that same voice. The Lord speaks, the earth melts. He's in complete and sovereign control. Verses 8 and 9 tell us he can create, he can destroy, he can stop anything he wants. Wars to the end of the earth, he can stop. One word, the entire earth could melt. One word, and he could destroy his enemies. One word, and we know God holds the whole world in his hands. Oh, Daniel understood this when he said, All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? Paul says in Colossians 1, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Oh, church, here's the most comforting thing. This God who can melt the earth with his voice is with us. The Holy One, the one with the earth-melting voice is with us, and he is our fortress. 
Look down at verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And if we missed it the first time, you can look down. It's repeated again in verse 11. The word hosts means armies. This was a military term. It means he is Lord over all the armies and everyone else. His protective presence comforts us and is described as a fortress. A fortress is a safe and isolated place. It's elevated for safety against an enemy. What made Jerusalem special wasn't the temple building itself or its heritage. It was the fact that God was there. The Lord who's over everything, the God who's like a fortress, is the same God who's with us. This God is our refuge. Well, this idea of refuge would have instantly reminded the people of the cities of refuge. You can read about those later today in Numbers chapter 35. In those days, justice worked on a principle of an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. If you hurt anybody, you better watch out. Even if it was an accident, they could come and get you. Well, in the cities of refuge, there was a touch of mercy. If a man killed somebody by accident, he could flee to a city of refuge and be safe. If you could get there, open the door, drag yourself in, get there, slam the city gates behind you. If you could do that, you were safe. Nothing could touch you in that city. You spent the rest of your life there protected. The psalmist is reminding us that when trials come, we do have a place to go. Sometimes we may feel like going to other things to calm our heart, whether it's living in anxiety or even turning to sinful escape. The last couple nights, I really struggled. My anxiety was really high about some things. I couldn't sleep. I was a mess. I felt the same battle in my own heart. Where was I going to turn? I had to literally get myself out of bed and tell myself, go to your refuge, go to your refuge. I had to work to pull myself into the city of refuge. Well, thankfully, we have a savior who said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. God will help us. Look at verses four and five. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Well, there are rivers placid in contrast to those raging waters we saw in the earlier verses. Rather than destruction, this river offers rejoicing. Now, God's presence is like a refreshing river just flowing through a city. Now, rivers often flow through the middle of the cities. The cities flow out of the life of the river. Dubai, you can look at old pictures and you see the creek and you see the city, Dubai and Deir, growing out from there. The creek brought food and wind and transportation. The psalmist is saying that God is in the midst of us, like a river in the midst of us, bringing life and gladness and joy. And so friend, go to him for help. Trouble will come, so be still and know that he is God. Well, this whole psalm encourages us to go to God, but the psalmist changes tone in verse 10. The whole psalm is building up to this point. And it's not a suggestion. It's not an encouragement, it's a command. God breaks into the narrative and speaks in the first person. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Church, this is not a suggestion. This is not an encouragement. This comes with the command and the force of a military commander. Cease, desist, attention. It's the idea of calling all combatants to stop and to pay attention. It's not a gentle whispering, shh. No, God is saying, stop. It's tough to see the force of this imperative in the English, but this is like a parent separating fighting children. Maybe moms and dads this week with your kids all home from school, you you had a taste of this telling your kids, stop, pay attention, listen, calm down. This is God telling us in very firm language, stop running around in fear and anxiety. If you're running laps in your mind and getting worked up and worried about money or health or family or your job or anything else, God says to you today, 
Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I am with you. I am your fortress. A Redeemer Church, hear those words today. God's loving command for you because he knows what's best for us. It's that we would be still and know that he is God and we are not. This reminds us of Jesus' statement in the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothing? Now, this is God's word. and It's always true. Our response to this current struggle and every struggle we will ever face is this. Be still and know that he is God. The psalmist is not merely talking about peace and earthly challenges, as trying as these things may become. They pale in, in significance to the worst pain. Our greatest need is not for peace in the storms of today, but for peace in the storms of eternity. Apart from God, we face something more dangerous than a virus, more stressful than a lost job or loved one. There is a storm of eternal judgment ahead for those who don't know God. All of us have sinned against God. We were made to come to him as our refuge by faith, but instead we've all looked to ourselves. We've looked to the world, and from the first humans to today, we've sinned. We've tried to live our lives our own way apart from God. And because God is holy and perfect, our sin deserves death and judgment. Without him, we have nowhere secure to run to. But the good news is Jesus can be our refuge if we come to him. We know this because God first came to us. That's the story of faith. 2,000 years ago, God in the flesh, Jesus came to the earth. He lived a perfect life and he died on the cross as our substitute. He took the sins of his people upon himself. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead, proving that all this is true. All can come to this refuge. If you're watching this and you're not yet a follower of Christ, you can come to him right now. See, what you need is not to go do something with your hands, but with your heart. Hand sanitizer may clean your hands, but there's nothing you can do to clean your heart apart from God. You need repentance and faith. Turn from your sins of living apart from God and trust in Jesus to save you. He will. He'll give you a new heart. Well, as believers in Jesus, we don't need to be afraid of any storm because we're safe in the fortress of God's love. We know this life is not as good as it gets. We know that the next life to come is glorious. We know that there's a greater city of refuge to come. I hope that in this time of uncertainty that this would cause us to yearn for heaven. Redeemer Church, there'll be no self-quarantine in heaven, no isolation, no social distancing or flattening the curve, all these new terms we learned this week. Now, praise the Lord, there's no anxiety in heaven. We'll all be together, and somehow both introverts and extroverts are going to love it. That's the miracle of heaven. No germs, no fear of contamination. There's no need for hand sanitizer or soap in heaven. Now, that's a relief, isn't it? I've been washing my hands all the time this week, but no need for that. Now, friends, these days are the opposite of what awaits us in heaven. We may feel distant from each other now, but those days will end. We might feel distant from God now, but there will be a day when we will see Jesus Christ face to face. Now, these days are a bit uncomfortable. Worshiping virtually is uncomfortable. What we're doing right now should feel a bit odd. It should leave us with a feeling of incompleteness. This isn't ideal. I think we'd all yearn to be back at the Rhoda or anywhere else together. Our friend, Pastor Greg Gilbert, put it well this week. He said, to his church that nothing beats the corporate gathering of the church. 
and the meeting virtually should make us yearn to be back together corporately. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I already miss you. I love singing with you, hundreds of voices singing loudly to God and to one another, reminding each other that it's sweet to trust in Jesus, proclaiming that Jesus is strong and kind, witnessing to the world that our salvation is in Christ alone. I love our voices. And even though I'm mostly tone deaf, and I know that even my voice, though, is better than no voice, it's beautiful to sing together. I love praying together. Think of it, when we gather in one room to pray, there's something sweet about us all gathering in one place, joining in hearts, talking to the God of the universe. There's a joy in studying the scriptures together. There's a joy in walking through God's word with one another. And my favorite thing about the Rhoda, it's the couches. You thought I was gonna say the croissants, but I love the couches because I love seeing our members sit together after the services to talk about life and the Lord. I hope meeting virtually for our church service will cause us to yearn to be together. And yet on the other hand, I want to strike a balance. On the one hand, let's be uncomfortable with this. But on the other hand, let's be deeply thankful for this opportunity. Let's praise God. It's astounding that this is happening today when we could gather together virtually. This is a blessing from God. We can be scattered together and yet still, in a sense, be with one another. We can sing, we can read, we can pray, and we can preach. We can study God's word and at the same time be in our homes. And so praise God for technology. Praise God for our gifted video and communications team who've worked super hard this week to put this together. Without them, we couldn't do this. Praise God for these gifts. These blessings remind us that while trouble has come and we may not know what tomorrow holds, we know who holds tomorrow in his hands. While trouble has come, we know that Jesus has already come for us. While trouble has come, we know that Jesus is our fortress. While trouble has come, we know that this is not the end of the story. While trouble has come, we know that heaven is on the way. While trouble has come, Redeemer Church, we know that we can be still and know that he is God. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, help us be still and know that you are God. Help us to know and to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in this season. Father, help us to trust you in anxious moments. Will we cast all our anxiety upon Christ? Those of us that are sick, those of us that are hurting, those of us that are in personal turmoil, oh, Father, help us. We thank you that we have a God who's come to us, a God who rules and reigns over all things, and yet we know that you are a God who is here. There's no way to quarantine you. You are everywhere, and so we praise you. Father, we do pray for our rulers. We thank you for His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. We thank you for the other authorities. Give them wisdom in these days ahead. And would we as a church be a light for the gospel in Dubai, Sharjah and Ajman and beyond in the days to come. Lord, be with us this week as we seek to worship you individually and in our homes. We love you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to close with a final song. God is our refuge. So again, you can stand, you can sit, but what we're going to do is sing loudly uh, for us to hear each other, at least in our homes, and then I'll close us uh, with a benediction. Mm -hmm.